Welcome to my couch, Josh. You beautiful, glorious singer, you. Oh, that's the best intro ever. You, we met at this serotonin thing that my friend ran um, about manifesting, didn't we? And then we yeah. got caught up for a cup of tea and, and it had a good old time. So we've hung out since a few times and you sing very, very beautifully. Classical, they call it. Yeah, Class, <laughs> classically trained. It's classical crossover. I think it's a popra. Is um popra popra is like the the colloquial term for it. Can you do you think you could make me cry with your voice in ten seconds? Like what if you had to make me cry right now because it's emotional. Like my dad cries at the opera. Yeah. If you had to make me cry, is there one particular word in which or vo- frequency in which you would use? best achieve the, the cry frequency yeah yeah well, no be- I, I actually think the the, <laughs> the crying like that emotional response comes down to storytelling right i think and um so it's not like there's a frequency that makes you shit yourself there's a frequency that makes you tear up but i well what i was gonna say i do think like certain musical phrases that are like you know like different cultures have them, especially like um you know like, like certain italian music definitely does it I'm Jewish. There's certain Jewish music. I know like that Yiddish stuff. Like it's so yearning. And if you have an emotional connection to that, then 100%, like you're going to, you're going to feel that like, mm. like that. Um, there's like a song, uh, my Yiddish mama, I miss her more than ever now. My Yiddish mama, mama. It's all that sort of yeah. harmonic minor stuff. It sounds like it's you know fresh out of Prince of Egypt or something yeah. like that. Fresh out the Torah. Um, <laughs> I don't so, really get that reference, but it sounds snazzy. It's like yeah, there's there's music that will will do that. I think like Hallelujah, like that. Oh my like God. Jeff Buckley, great example. Of something Leonard Cohen. That who else? Bashes that out. Katie Lang, um, Josh Pitterman. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that song, like, there's something about it generally for me that if I hear it, I'm like, yep, uh, that, that can get me going. I don't know, it's different things for different people. Mm-hmm. I know probably for some people it's like G's and Hustlers by Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that one that one you did to is like yearning and it's, it's it, i think it's just like some what is it about opera that makes you move more than other songs because it does make you move more than, like it's more intensely emotional yeah than I, most melodic songs yeah i think it's that it's orchestral so i think s- strings are a very emotional instrument so mm. when you have 40 strings all vibrating together um there's something insanely beautiful about that mm. um yeah that it's such a it's such a blend of things and then the tenor voice uh i'm just thinking about more things that can do it the tenor voice is in essence a dangerous instrument because what it's doing is is taking what we know as like our chest voice like our our speaking voice into a range it's that is beyond its natural in inverted commas frequency mm. and when you do that that fear that that danger um that it evokes within the singer is also evoked within the listener right and so you're you're sort of on edge listening to it so when you hear that big ending of Nessun Dorma vincero vincero bum, 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 bum. like there's something about that going is it going to happen is it going to happen and the tension that builds inside you as the listener not just as the singer mm-hmm. and when it's released that's what makes us cry it's the emotional release mm-hmm. so I'm actually fucking discovering this as I'm talking about it right. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's that it's, yeah. it's release of tension yeah yeah Right. Yeah. And that's what expressing one's emotion is. As soon as, like when you're sharing of your friend what you're going through, it's a release of tension. Yeah. Because it, it, it's, it's, it's cyclical in your own mind. And then when it comes out of your head, boom, release. You feel a little bit, a little bit lighter, like you've got it off your chest. Yeah. And so you're doing like a, a, me- you know, like a mega version of that. And that singing is tribal. Right. You know, we have sung since forever. That is a, 
a human thing to do to make the sa- make sounds with our voice and every different culture has its own version of tribal singing. Right. As a Western society, we've um, been taught what we like and what we don't like, what's cool and what's not cool. And within that, people have their own um, versions of what they like. Mm. Um, but what's beautiful in... Um, you know, in parts of Africa is going to be different to what's beautiful in parts of the subcontinent mm. and what's beautiful in parts of America. It's, it's, it differs. But what is universal is that tribal thing. And that tribal thing comes from a very, very low, like physically low, deep place. Like mm. it's sort of, you know, like base root chakra stuff if you want to go through there. Mm. And you, you feel it from... From the depths, and that's why they say great classical singing, great singing technique requires that part of your body. That's where right. the sound is formed from. That's where the breath technique is formed from. So lower than your diaphragm. It's right at the base. Like I'm, I'm using my pelvic floor a lot. Right. Yeah. Like so energetic. I suppose it's like chi energy and like moving chi. Exactly. Through. So you're actually moving that chi through you and expressing it out of your throat chakra. Right. It's like every. Every, your heart takes a huge partner because of the emotion that you're delivering. Yeah. Um, your, you know, your brain takes a huge part of it so that because of the, the intelligence of, of the communication. It's such a, a physical, spiritual thing to sing. And when I feel like I am on point, when I'm there in the zone, in the flow, whatever, it's when all of that is aligned um, and it just, like it's, it's, there's no, I'm out of my head, really. It's mm. just, it just happens. Mm. Um, there's an ele- a huge element of trust that comes in it because the little guy in my head is the guy that's telling me, you need to shift this in your technique or do this or listening to myself sing. When, I'm st- when all of that is gone, that's when I do my best work. Wow. And it's the same when you have a great meditation. Yeah. When, you're, when you can find a way to be so present that you're out of that headspace and into your heart space or into your root space or another focused. Um, it's so it's incredible. It's incredible. The, 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 the energy chi thing, it relates to Kung Fu as well. Like how you, when you, your punch is way more powerful if you, f- if you translate the energy from a deeper part of the body or a la- you know, that, that's what I've been told. Yeah. And, and so it's the sa- same principle, I imagine. And to the singing thing, like it's, there's something about frequency harmonization as well. Like when, when, I, when I've done chanting, like Sanskrit chanting around a fire, there's a yagya ceremony in the Vedic um, lineage of learnings and teachings and spiritual practices. And I've only done it a few times, but boy, it feels beautiful. Like you're saying the same mantras, like Sanskrit sounds, and they're meant to like resonate with the, the, the way in which the, the words they describe, like Surya means f- sun. And like the sound of Surya is meant to be like the similar to the sound of what the sun embodies energetically. So it's like onomatopoeic. Yeah, that's yeah. the one, yeah. yeah. So it's saying those words actually has an even more potent frequency, uh, resonance with nature, apparently. So that's, I'll be fascinated if you sung in Sanskrit and how that would evoke like a transformative thing. In, like if I had a lung problem and then you sung the Sanskrit sound for what a lung is, and I wondered if that would somehow make it heal or work better. <laughs> yeah. Total- <laughs> I, I, I'd love to try. I'd like, I've done a couple of kirtans um, and they were intensely beautiful mm. um, because once again, once I'm in that space with everyone and we're chanting, um, it's, um, it's an, yeah, it, it's not out of body. It's totally in body, mm. but it's out of, my head mm. it's like worship i suppose in a way like yeah the, the thing that people get out of worship in churches is that's probably a similar thing mm-hmm. like it's it's that tribal doing it having a sense of belonging having a sense of um there's something beautiful when you're singing and you hear other voices singing and there's a resonance physically and spiritually that occurs it's like it's like animals dancing together yeah like it's all, and it's, it's tribal and it's from the dawn of time it's something we want to do as people um, and like, so going, you know, so when people go, I don't have a good voice, I shouldn't sing or whatever. I, I think it's absolute fucking bullshit. Like it's not about having a good voice. It's about using the voice you have. You might not have a voice that is, is going to make you a buck, mm. but that doesn't mean you shouldn't sing mm. and feel what it's like, f- yeah, feel the, the natural, um, beautiful 
shit that singing makes mm. you feel like mm. it, it increases your serotonin mm. increases um dopamine like all these like positive um, hormones within your body happens when you sing and then it increases that in increasing amplifies when you share it with people yeah. so i think people like you don't have to go to a kirtan or or any go to church but like freaking join a glee club go to a choir like try it if if yeah, that that expression of sound and joining sounds is is so beautiful. Yeah, is, is it? And it's easier to sing in, um, hit the right notes if someone else is hitting them as well. Like if you, I find like if I did "Hello You Lily" and now I couldn't even get the word right. But if I did it into the right note, I don't think I'd be able to get it in tune. But if yeah. you did it and then I copied you at the same time, I reckon it'd be easy. One hundred percent. What's going on there? Pardon? What, what's that's amazing that our bodies can auto-tune to someone else yeah because singing is not just oral it's oral like you know that's right that's a that's a part of it singing is yeah is is heard and is is created like it's yeah and then in a way like it um yeah there's so many senses it is um it can be visual like when when we when we see an artist really go through something um yeah, it, it conjures up that sense as well. It obviously pricks us physically. Mm. Um, you know, so really I've sort of covered everything except for scent then. Mm. So, mm. like, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it is a deeply moving, enriching experience to sing and to hear singing. And it can be so, like with heavy metal, like it evokes a whole different energy than opera. Like, totally. And it, but they're the same. It's a fascinating instrument, isn't it, the mouth? Yeah, gob or the voice box, or whatever. Part yeah, is. I mean, I can't gob. do that. Thing. Call it the gob. <laughs> the, go- the gob. The gob. Like as far as I could go with heavy metal, is like um, Metallica. You gotta like a bit of that. Oh, Metallica. I don't even. I just call that rock. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. oh yes, yeah, so but nice it, in the title, they're trying to say that it's metal, aren't they? Metal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the the dark, not the darkness. Um, who's that one that that group that sing that cover of? Um, sound of Silence. Don't know. Um, disturbed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. But they're melodic. I, I can't listen to stuff that's not, that I don't feel is melodic. So when it's like just someone screaming at me, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it. Well, do you often, you, you translate modern like pop songs into opera. What, what's some ones that you've done recently, like a new one that you've done that for? Uh, the newest ones are on my album. It's like Goo Goo Dolls. Yep. Do a cover of Iris, but that's like, it's just a 90s banger. Uh, Creep, Radiohead. Oh, great. Um, this is great. Where can people get the album? Uh, iTunes, Spotify. Yeah. Um, com. (laughs) You can get it lots of places. Um, uh, John Farnham, I do a cover of Burn For You in Italian. Uh, All of Me, John Legend, I do in Spanish. Hmm. A Thousand Years with Christina Perry. Um, my, but my favorite one is um, a song called Say Something, which is um, A Great Big World and Christina Aguilera. It's, it'll be the first and only time I cover Christina Aguilera. Right. I'm not going to do a cover of, um, what's that one? Dirty. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? Uh, that's what I, that's what I, I that's all rowdy. Like, could you imagine? That's all I have been imagining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Say Something I did in Italian and it like, it's that song people might know it say something i'm giving up on you oh, it's yeah. like such a beautiful song yeah um so when you add strings to it and when you just flip it into another language and make it a classical crossover pop opera song um yeah i sang it last week at something and it's just so like yeah it is evoking it is such an emotional song like that line say something i'm giving up on you yeah, yeah. i'll be the one if you want me to anywhere i would have followed you oh man like it's like you know anyone who's been through a breakup who's been through heartache um which you know pretty much everyone has at some point mm. like those that com- conversation when you're like you know when you're talking to, to someone you're, you're trying to work it out and you just mm. you just get nothing but silence mm. and it's so um it's devastating it's so devastating just just say something mm. I'm giving up on you. Mm. Um, Man, Rufus for me really put all the heartstrings. I don't know if you've heard much Rufus, but they're, 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 it's dance music, but it's just so like evoking with the emotions because their lyrics and their words 
uh, just like hit you right in the heart. I'd yeah. love you to cover one of those. If you okay, yeah. you can put through requests. Anyone can put through, through <laughs> requests. <your> <laughs> Yeah, one hundred percent. I just like, like slide into a DM on 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 Instagram. It's like I would love to do that where people go, "Can you can, can you cover can you cover this?" Yeah. Because yeah. say something I wasn't going to do, and then a, a mate of mine who's a who's actually um, a, a budding Broadway composer, mm. his name's Matt Robinson. He was like, "You ha- you got to do this song, got to do this song," and I knew it, but didn't know it that well. And I listened to it a few times. I'm like, "This is say something. It's just fuck. This is so beautiful." And so. The, the problem is sometimes when you translate it, because there's a rhythm to a song, when you put in another language, um, it doesn't marry up metrically, like in time. Right. So, not every song works. So, I've tried to do like some Coldplay before. I've tried to do some Adele before and it just like, it just bombed. So, like, yeah. Could you, could you do Panda? Panda. You know that hip hop song? No. Panda. I- Panda. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I do want to do Pony by Genuine. Oh, great. Yeah, I think that would be sick. That's great. Yeah. What's the what's the most absurd cover you could, like, genre crossing-wise? I reckon Creep is, like... like By Radiohead. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty absurd one. And when I've, like, been interviewed on, you know, about, about this album before... That's the one people go, like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And they're not sure whether to take it seriously or to laugh, like, mm. because they don't know whether I'm taking the piss. But I'm, I'm legit. Like, I'm serious. I love that song. <laughs> to, to do it in another language. Actually, the cover is a, a different translation. So, the song, that, that the lyrics uh, are, are, are not about being a weirdo. It's called Ad Ogni Costo, which means at any cost. And it's just a real typical Italian story of like a woman treating you like shit, but you go back to her at any cost. You know, like I, I just... So, I you, you created new lyrics out of it then in Italian? Yeah, that one, yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm, I would love to say I created, but an Italian artist had already done it. Right. Maybe, um, I think his name Vinny Rosso. Um, that actually just sounds like and red you, wine. Um, it's his name, something like that. Um, but you just do it to his melody. It's no, he, radio he, 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 yeah, he did or he'd already covered it. Gotcha. You know, 15 years ago. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, that's hilarious. I don't have to do mm. it, but I love your lyrics then mm. how Italian that is. What's, what's work wise. What's like, what's exciting you in terms of your trajectory at the moment? Like what you want to do, what will challenge you? Like you're about to go on tour, right? Yeah. And that's, that's a first for me. Like, you know, I'm a, predominantly a, a musical theater artist like i, I you know, just do lots of musicals um and but my career started in touring i started with a group called the 10 tenors uh, which is an aussie group they're, they're actually on tour now through australia um and and so that was where i started 12 11 12 years ago mm. um and so my roots have always been classical uh but i love acting and i just learned how to sing in different styles so um so doing musicals seem like a cool thing to do. It's consistent work. I get to do some play some interesting roles, which I have over the years, which has been super cool. Um, but uh, and I never want to stop doing that. Um, it's just that going out on by, on my own as a solo artist in that classical crossover space in this country is sort of not done. Like we don't really have that as a as a art form really here very much. Mm. It's a little bit, but really not not much. Um, but over in Europe and the States, you know, there's lots of artists who've, who've done that. Um, female and, and male artists, people might know Catherine Jenkins or Josh Groban, um, Russell Watson, Charlotte Church, Andrea Bocelli, all these, all these guys, Il Devo, like it's a thing over there. It's just not a thing here. So I'm like, I I love this style of music. I love blending the two areas of pop and rock and Mm -hmm. uh, with, with classical and, um, uh, it's really scary to enter into a market space that doesn't really do that and hope to God that people like it mm. uh, and um, want to come see it uh, performed. Um, you know, for me, doing, al- doing albums like and, and doing albums and being in the studio is really freaking cool, but nothing beats performing live. No. Like, it's, it's that rush, that feeling, that sharing. Um, that like we're talking about frequency and feel in a room mm. and, and that, that shared experience is like, you just can't like, it's, it's immeasurable. Like, and it's, and it's totally based on feeling. Mm. Um, yeah. 
What describe like some pinnacle moments in your work live performance experiences? Uh please. <laughs> <laughs> pinnacle. Uh when I when I played Tony in West Side Story across Australia almost ten years ago. Mm. That was my first major role in a musical. And um the the Melbourne show, so home audience at the Regent Theatre. Um I'll never forget singing Maria, which people might know that song, uh, and the end of it. I'll never forget the pause between Maria. Note finishes. Pause. Like that pause that felt like it lasted forever and the feeling of singing such a beautiful song and knowing how amazing it felt and knowing I nailed it and and the reaction and... That was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was so that one. time stops still. Time, literally. Uh, so I'll never forget. And how naked I felt out there. How vulnerable, how naked mm. as a 20 nothing year old. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then probably recently, the, the, the biggest rush I've had is, um, I, you've seen the vid, the doing um, Ness and Dormer at, at, at the Opera House on yeah. Australia Day. Like that, that just, nothing beats that. I think I just I don't think I knew the the uh, gravitas and the the the, just how big the the production of it was. You know, Mm. there was probably you know ten million bucks worth of fireworks happening off the opera house and off the harbour while I'm singing this huge like the aria, like the the Pavarotti song, Mm. Um, and yeah, I just you just pinch yourself. And I, I was sort of just being professional and just doing it and and um, prepping myself and rehearsing and being the best I could in the in the moment. And yeah, I had some mantras before I went out there as I do. But it wasn't until halfway through the song that and people can have a check out of this on my website that halfway through it, I I clock where I am in space and time <laughs> and. Um, Describe this to some people, um, but it's it was that sort of Eckhart Tolle thing of of like being the the witness, being the observer, and I was literally felt like I was witnessing my own life. And there's some behind the scenes footage. ABC had shot was shooting something else, but there's footage of me just sort of clocking it, just like having a little giggle to myself halfway through. The choir is singing. It's like a little checkout moment for me, and I'm just like looking around. I'm like. <laughs> This is like, this is your life right now, bro. And then, oh, let's fucking smash the rest of this song. And it was, it was just so freaking cool. Amazing. Um, Yeah. And it's very rare that I felt like I've, it's probably the first time in a live performance I've had that sort of feeling and and therefore a feeling of total control of Mm. what I'm doing. Like really that nothing can go wrong. So fears aside that I, I'm in control and I'm witnessing my own performance and not policing it just as, as an, as an enjoyment thing. It was fucking cool. I know that's deep as shit, but Man, it's like it's deep as shit. Yeah. So transcendent. Yeah. That was crazy. And I probably never got, haven't, haven't been there again. I mean, that was five months ago mm. and not that I've done heaps and heaps of performing in there, but I hope on tour that I get one moment like that. Because I don't think that you can live constantly in a moment of that. Mm. I mean, that's so rare, but that's the aim. It's like saying when you're meditating that you are you live in a constant state of presence where you're literally with your mantra or with whatever is your mm. focus, mm. and you never have a thought. Mm. Like it's just, and anyone who's saying they're doing that, unless I mean they're at some ashram or they're you know, a monk or something and they're meditating all day. Mm. It's very like, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I, I just don't know anyone who I've spoken to about meditation who goes, mm. I know, yeah, every thought has gone. Mm. Um, mm. And it's that sort of thing of being that present mm. in the moment of singing that, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's like you, you're, you're the, like Eckhart Tolle said, like you're the observer or the witness of and th- those moments that feel like pure liberation, don't they? Yeah. So to, to be able to feel it in, in such a heightened state of n- probably nerves and having so to perform yeah. and, and having the expectation. You, like, it's incredible that you've felt it in that moment. Yeah, that's why 
that's why that moment will be so special. Not because, I mean, it's really cool that lots of people saw it and it's really cool that it's, you know, it's helped with, you know, career development and all that. But what I'll always remember about that, that moment is that feeling. Um, and yeah, I just, want to, I just want to feel that again. How do you... How, it's the addiction you, to that feeling. I bet. Yeah. How do you cultivate that? What's your practices to cultivate uh, being able to go to a place? Obviously, meditation by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, Medi Central. Uh, some, just some really clear mantras um, about what, not what I'm going to do, but what I am intrinsically. Mm. And um, I, I carry some of them on, on a little bracelet that I have here. Mm. And these are simple ones about being still and being grounded and being free. But um, the most important one is I am love. And that. I know that's at the epicenter of myself as a person. Mm. I hope it is of humanity. Mm. And my you, you know, utopian goal for humanity is that maybe we could put our hearts at the forefront of our minds a little bit more. But um, a lot more. But mm. that, I know that's what, what, I, what I am. And that if I give love, you know, I spend time before I get on stage and doing all my rehearsals to fill up my own cup of love. But it's when I get to perform, it's my time to share my love. Mm. And so, that's to make it about that brings it into um, the most beautiful, genuine, <laughs> fuzzy place that you could possibly put something. Mm. And then it's the battle of it staying there and not getting, how am I sounding? How is this going? Not questioning. Mm. Um, mm. So, that, that's the aim to, to just bring, us, bring it from a place of love. Yeah. And that's how you get in your... F- I am love. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, it's beautiful, man. And so, you feel like that helps you get in a state of flow like... Because like love is that powerful energy of of freedom, of, of outpouring, of giving. Yeah. And so, when you're doing that with your singing, you must feel more likely... like would you say you're in flow most of the time when you're performing or sometimes it's, it's off and on like, um, yeah, I I would love to say that I'm just always in this state of flow, but, um, I think it's just very rare, uh, to be in a perfect state of flow, especially as a classical singer when it's such a technically demanding craft. Right. Um, there, um, there are moments that, you know, you, you really, you need, you do need to think, um, what you what I aim to be is so re- well rehearsed that those technical components are like muscle memory mm. and that that the body has has remembered that at this time in this moment this is what needs to happen physiologically mm. so that I can not be about that and be about love and be about the heart and be about mm. the delivery mm. of um, the text and the emotion mm. um, because I think that's what separates sometimes classical singing from popular singing is and certainly musical theater singing is the is the focus on the text not mm. just the focus on the on the sound um when you say the text the phraseology yeah like like the lyrics like yeah. what a, what story am i telling now um and so i i want to come to it from a place of that where i can just literally communicate and i'm not thinking about how do i set up my you know my soft palate and you know for that note to make sure there's space in the back of my throat and that it's mm. you know resonating at this point in my you know and I feel it in my in my vocal mask and all these sort of things that you learn along along the way as a technical singer um so I would love to say that I I'm I'm always out of you know out of that technique world and into into just delivering beautiful text but mm. the fact is I'm not and mm. um uh that's a part of the journey of getting to a point where it's like yeah i don't have to think about my technique ever it's kind of like the um i don't know who said it but it's like learning the learning the technique like a pro and then breaking the, learning the rules like a professional and then breaking it like an artist yeah or something like that and it happens with sports people like i you know there's a you know if anyone's an afl fan or a cricket fan there's a technique to kicking for goal and there's a technique to batting and you know you're in flow state when you're not when you're not thinking about every step you take to line up for goal or yeah. your bat swing and you know yeah. you're you're backing across and taking that front foot forward the moment you 
thinking about all those things, that's probably when you're going to go out or probably when you're oh. going to, you know, flunk your kick out of, out of bounds on the foot. But um, yeah, it's... It's feeling it. It's like even when I grew up playing football a lot in the UK and, and even striking a ball into the goal, I'd, I'd, if I just thought about where it was going, it would more likely go there like, and, and then feel it. And, not, and it's less, way less about technique, but feeling the rhythm of my legs swinging by. And more often, the, you know, the best kicks were the ones where you're just effortless and you connect beautifully and it, and it just pings off your foot and goes exactly where you wanted it to go. And there's no, there's, uh, there never felt like there was technique in that. So, but there's immense technique and, and there's freedom and freedom is huge. Like being able to be relaxed. I haven't actually mentioned that word once, but feeling relaxed. Relaxed, yes. Yeah, well, that's a key. And that, and yeah, and that is the in-the-body f- feeling. So some of the warm-up stuff that I do is about relaxing my body. Mm. And when I feel um, nervous or whatever, um, I feel it in my body. And so it's about like, I, I just do some like movements and stuff mm. to be in my body and feel relaxed. Mm. And, mm. Or sometimes I'll like, um, like make little like um, sad like faces like puppy dog sighing faces with my <laughs> with my jaw to go. Okay, there's no facial tension. There's no um, because for me, if I have facial tension, it'll turn into throat tension, which will oh, turn into wow. body. Like so, um, you know, just learn little things about <laughs> about myself just to f- feel free. And, and this is shit that five years ago or 10 years ago, no idea. Right. It's, I reckon it's all come from yoga and meditation. Right. All this stuff. Yeah, right. So you feel like yoga and meditation has enhanced your... Like... The subtle layers of singing. Not, not even the subtle, major layers. Right. Yeah. Wow. Who, what, what performers or singers do you go, oh, fuck, they, they're really amazing because they've mastered the technique and they are wearing their heart on their sleeve in like immense ways. It's funny, like, um, there, there are ones that are, are like that. Like, if I listen to Jesse J or I listen to Pavarotti or, um, you know, they're totally different in style. They're both, I feel like, mastered their techniques mm. to deliver. Jesse's powerful, isn't she? Yeah, and so musical and mm. incredible. But I can listen to Carol King who's, or Bob Dylan. Um, or James Taylor mm. and um, Tracy Chapman, or like so many artists that go, like as a technical singer, whatevs. Like you don't, you're not, you're not holding big notes and you don't have beautiful vibrato and you're not um, singing really high or doing all those tricks or anything. You're just delivering stories beautifully. And that's so much more captivating for an audience. So yeah. much more. Like I'd I'd rather one see someone really mean and the words that they're singing in one monotone note than see someone do a, a clever technical jizz yeah you know like guitar solo vibe and any any easy because it's just like there's something about that human story it's the tribal thing as well as storytelling like mm-hmm. saying like passing on story it's inherent within our biology and our evolution to from one generation to the next to tell story to help us understand what the fuck existence is <laughs> totally and and that's and that, that's why like um i've got a mate doing a, a show coming up at the opera house called the irish boy he's a guy called bobby fox who some people might know music theater guy um he played frankie valley in uh, the original jersey boys here oh right he's a gun he's yeah. an absolute gun um but he's the the show's called the irish boy and he's because he's an irish guy and He's singing all these old Kaylee songs and um, to that audience who are going to see that, which might be a whole bunch of expats, he's singing songs hundreds of years old, maybe some of them. And Mm. and what that evokes in terms of memory, Mm. childhood, listening to dad play it on the old, you know, um, record player and Mm. um, favorite old Irish singers. I don't know all the stories, but that's what that stuff does. Mm. And it... You know, you know a song's memorable. This is the smell part. When you can remember the smell of a room when you first heard it or mm. when you heard it and it meant something to you. Mm. Um, like, that's really special. And that might evoke... That might make you cry. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 I certainly can have their songs 
that you know evoke a time and place for you mm. um yeah um yeah <laughs> i'm gonna pick a funny one i can i can uh, um jackie by um joanne this is a you, you might not have been here it's like maybe circa 98 mm. people aussies will know it jackie when you're touching my soul in the candlelight um Reminds me of Viper Room on Chapel Street, which is an underage nightclub. And I can literally picture moments of that, like, of that experience. Um, really bad, uh, drunken night. Like, like, a, like, it's so vivid. Mm. Um, Amazing. Like, yeah, and, and you can probably pick out a handful yeah. of songs that make you, yeah. make you feel that. Like, it's, it's cool what, what music does to us Isn't and what it? certain singers do to us, you know. It's amazing. Yeah. Because you you're, you would say you're sensitive by nature, right? <laughs> yeah, mega, mega. Yeah. yeah. What's your... Because I am too. Oh, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> in case we haven't already talked about all our areas of sensitivity in other catch-ups. But yeah, we're, what, what's your ways of managing your sensitivity? You know, like in terms of not getting knocked over too much if when life chucks a little trauma at you. Yeah. And... I mean, I've had heaps of them and like, you know, people often, you know, think that you know, people in industry or, or mates just who, who, are, who aren't really close mates who go, oh, every, everything's always going well and you just go from here to here, kicks goals, he's kicking goals, he's succeeding. It's, you don't know shit. Like you see the highlights real on social media. Um, maybe I've got to get better at like putting up my shit days, my dark days and all of that on social media, but I don't know. Mm. Uh, it's a highlights reel. And I think if people think it's not uh, highlights reel, then yeah. Um, yeah, that's just not what I, what I post. But mm. um, I, I have become in this industry, um, you know, the, especially the music theatre biz, it's an industry of job interviews. The amount of auditions that you do before you land the gig... Uh, like the amount of shows I mean that I audition for that I don't get mm. before I land the one that I do get. Like I'm in a process of auditioning for something over in London at the moment and I'm waiting to find out um, whether I got it. But before that, uh, my last major auditions were for um, a show that's just opened on the West End and I got down to the final for both lead roles, didn't get it. So it was probably five auditions or something. Uh, Aladdin in Australia uh, got down to the last two for a role, didn't get it. Um, Avita in Australia got down to a final round. They really wanted to see me, didn't get it. And so people don't hear about that. They don't hear about all the ones you don't get. Mm. There's so many more that you don't get than you do get. Um, and if you don't develop a thick skin, and I've just learnt to go, it's not about me as a person. It's about how right I am for that particular role in that particular show at that particular moment yes. in time. Yeah. Um, and what I aim to do is prepare <clears throat> as much as I can and try and convey the best possible version of the character that I deem is, is interesting. Mm. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. Generally... Uh, you get some direction and how well you can take the direction in the room. But you just can't be that adaptable that you are... That I can't be that adaptable that I in every single role and every single show that I go for. Mm. You know, I'm just not. Mm. Um, and so, I've learned to understand that uh, not to take it personally all the time. It's hard not to get emotionally invested in things when you're right at the end, when you're in the final round, like um, I am for this particular show at the moment. Um, I'm you know, deeply emotionally invested in it. So, of course, there's a level of anxiety and, and nervousness that, that, that goes with it because it's hard not to um, uh, romanticise about what could be or catastrophize about what won't be. Um, you know, then that's the fucking human condition. Mm. But once again, meditating helps you get back to the present and all that sort mm. of shit. Mm. Um, but that sort of shit. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but that's, that's just a, a part of it, like... You know, if you're if you're in showbiz, and you don't develop a thick skin, you're fucked. Mm. Yeah, you really are fucked because it is such a brutal, fickle industry. Mm. Yeah, and that present moment awareness that has helped your 
technique would help your fluidity i suppose with rejection or like not being right for a particular thing yeah and i I think that's a smart way to look at it is like it's not right for me right now to be this particular role yeah and 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 waiting for the ones that are right and like you said it's the nature of the game isn't it like you're you're basically waiting for key alignments with with collaborators you know creative collaborators as an artist and with them as artists and and it's chemistry is or fit in their vision of what they want you to be and um there's so many there's so many elements in play isn't in variables yeah yeah but as i said the things that i can control are um how well i prepare Mm. uh, knowing the material and being really really solid in that Mm. it's practicing rehearsing and then in the room being open and free to take the direction that's given to me mm. and deliver that direction mm. that's a skill in, in itself and that would be t- that would also require being relaxed right yeah so that your mind is open to 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 listen and hear what's being told right to and then del- free enough to deliver that yeah yeah cuz the enemy of that like the enemy of creativity is rigidity i guess isn't it like mm-hmm. all the, this kind of sense of non-fluidness and ego and ego right of going you know my way or the highway this is how yeah. this is how I do it mm. I'm like well yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah maybe don't be like that <laughs> and then in, with your in your personal life it, it, I suppose that tra- translates as well like if you if, if something doesn't go your way or or something that you're going through that's hard because um, when we're being sensitive like we are we kind of feel sh- it, what you could say feel things more intensely than someone else in the same situation so it's like a it's in for me it's in a bit of an allowance or an acceptance of what is and an acknowledgement that oh yeah I'm, i am extra sensitive so i'm going to feel this or um and then coming back to i guess the groundedness i think it's a key mantra for me as well i put my feet on the ground fucking integrate <laughs> you know i get very ethereal as well and that um, that plays in the realm of um, of of anxiety, really, like in that world of what ifs and and whatnot. Yeah, um, and yeah, that headspace. Mm. Um, yeah, I, that that's why I have grounded on my on my little um, bracelet here because that's something I always have to constantly remind myself to do, and it's literally like physically, like taking the shoes off and walking on sand or walking mm. on grass or like mm. getting back into nature and feeling it from the base mm. helps me get grounded uh, I have to I, I, I do have to remind myself to do that mm. um, that, that that definitely helps because yeah I'm, I'm really similar like mm. I can get so absorbed in the ethereal and the, the headies and mm. and all of that and it's um, yeah it, it's it's knowing that um, I can make a, a, a call to action to, to change that if I know what, what, the, what stimulus I need to create change. Mm. So when I'm feeling, you know, engulfed by um, the anxieties of my career, I go, what do I do to get, to get out of that space? Oh, I go on a nature walk. Oh, I meditate. Oh, mm. I dip in the ocean I get back to you know often for me it's getting back to nature in some way um, I didn't know that a few years ago mm. I know that now you know mm. the things that we we learn about mm. ourselves and talking about relationships mm. uh, I and my girlfriend will um, attest to this uh, like and she I think she's really helping me with that I, I have a problem with with wanting to be right and wanting to have the answers mm. I always search for the answers or you know I'm I'm a fixer I'm a helper I want to give advice I want to like so She's really helped me sort of let let go of that and, and know that I don't have to have the answers right now. I can be on the journey of finding them, and I don't have to be right, and I don't have to be right in arguments, and you know all all of that. And you know that's um, that's hard for me to uh, let go of. That's that's a that's a huge mm. thing for me. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm the same. It is challenging, isn't it? Yeah, and the, I think the counter thought that helps me is like. 
I'm only one of many cogs in this thing. Like even if even if I do have an idea of what I think is better in keeping a house tidy or washing up after yourself or cooking and then washing the pots right after, like it's just my preference. Yeah, it might. It's only better for me. And what actually is even better for me is like letting go of it sometimes and leaving dishes messy or adapting to someone else. Like I'm realizing that what's actually a better idea is being adaptable to different circumstances and being fluid and letting go of what you think is best because while while it is good to have a good idea about doing things that and we can do it what's better is like this as an experience of love in a new way which is could be letting go of your idea for someone else your housemate because that they like doing things a particular way and you want to be on meet them on their wavelength and, uh, and that's and it's costing something of you to do that that's a because that's why i'm interested in what your idea of what love is you know like what what's the nuts and bolts of like where the rubber hits the road of of allowing love to feel more aspects of your life in relationships well i find love um an indescribable thing it's ineffable uh, that's a good word um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> I love that. It's like a second voice on your shoulders. Like that's a good. Word. You give yourself a compliment. Yeah, Incredi- like, it's incredible. It's a good oh, word. That's a good word. I've only ever heard it in um <laughs> in in Cats the musical when I did Cats. Oh, I I was like, like meowing cats. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Some cat talking cat, <laughs> which is basically what Cats the musical is. Um, I find it a really hard thing to describe. Because I feel like love is such an intrinsic felt thing. Mm. So, I can describe the way it makes me feel or the things that I do to show it or the, um, I don't know, all of those. But I can't actually, like, what is what is love at, a, at an essence without adjectives to describe? It's very, it's a very hard word to mm. describe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, what do you what would you say like I, I would my, the way I've described love before or the one the way that someone said it and it resonated with me should I say um, so now it's become my truth <laughs> is that it's love is the process of realizing a unity point in another thing anything so it's like this it's the it's literally the process of me arriving at the the realization that the thing in you is the thing in me so but what about self love. So it's the process of me. Oh yeah, with self love. I mean, what what is self love? Self love to me is like looking after myself, so getting myself in a position where, um. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I I'd call self. I would actually wouldn't think there is a thing called self love. I'd think there's a thing called acceptance and and optimizing your 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 mentality. But and you could call that self love, I guess. Yeah. So. But isn't, you know, uh, understanding that like you're an ethereal person and like myself going, oh, I need, to, I, I need to get back to nature for a second. I need to feel the grass on my feet. Mm. That's, I, I feel like they're actions of self-love and that's, for me. And that, yeah, that, and that would translate to the seeing unity things in others because like, like on a deeper level, you ground in it's like you're identifying that you are of the earth and there's an element of the earth that is in you or like you are similar to the earth in the sense that you're a a, a, a conscious living being which i think everything is like everything is like f- fragmented localized fields of consciousness and i am conscious and so therefore that i mean this is getting a bit deep but that's that's what i feel like any what do you call it when you get woo woo we were, yeah. Yeah, that's my well, It's like, it's almost getting a bit like, like that state of consciousness is what you see a lot of gurus in where they're in, in absolute love and adoration of anything outside of their field of consciousness because isn't it fascinating that there is over there a piece of existence expressing itself looking back at me. Like, and if you, what I would thought existence is, is just like, a, it's like, the universe wanted to experience itself. So the big bang or whatever seemed to have occurred. Like it's this fragmentation of singularity that now there's lots of different (laughs) expressions 
that are all varied and different and, and are evolving in their own little patterns and we we are one of them and we're getting to experience all the other ones and they're they're all getting to experience our, our ones and it's all like this co co ecosystem of like of balance and chaos and creation and maintenance and dis, disillusion or destruction and it's like this kind of like dance of to witness isn't it yeah like it's and and our choice about how we um engage in each and every one of those things is uh is huge because when you are when you are in that space of um complete um flow freedom or um that guru state or, or that enlightenment state mm. which i'm sure we've all been in at different stages mm. just the awareness of being in it is mm. Everything you approach every single one of those things with immense acceptance, unconditional love, exactly. um, and um, it's a beautiful state mm. to be in. Mm. Um, you're so free and liberated, and you're so capable. Like you've got this greater intelligence running through you, like the intelligence of of the universe, really, like a, a more supreme intelligence that's adaptable and and more all-seeing and can preempt things and intuitively perceive things. And it's like you're channeling a, in a, a pure energy thing. And, and conversely, when we're caught up in our own head and convinced, it's, it's kind of like it's not self-love because love, it's not recognizing the unity that you have with the universe. So therefore, yeah, it's the, it's the analogy of, I'm just trying to tie it back to that analogy of what I believe love is, of the process of realizing self in apparent otherness that applies to self-love in the sense that um i realize my self in oh no maybe it doesn't apply i'm starting this uh, i'm starting to fall over (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'm just trying to think because what self-love is to me and jump in at any point here because I'm just trying to figure it out. But like, is is like absolute total acceptance and and peace and and I'm enough. I'm complete. I'm the one that determines my sense of worthiness. Um, I I love myself. I accept myself. It's intrinsic. Is what you're saying. All these things come from nothing. They come from no external uh, thing, person, um, object. Um, animal, any, anything, no, nothing, because all those things can make you happy, um, but they can't bring you joy. Hmm. I mean, joy, I feel like, is, is an internal state governed and created by the depths of a, a soul, of a person, and happiness is, um, got my new Honda, and hmm. it's banging. And it's got Apple Smart Play, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so like the, that 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 difference is is huge. So mm. yeah, the the ability to self love is the ability to witness self. Mm. I think yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah, and is is the ability to comprehend on all facets, not just the um, the the intelligence of the mind, but on all levels that. Um, one is is sort of responsible for their own self worth, and that no, nothing outside of oneself will ever um, feed the love more than what is inside oneself. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like so. It's like that process of a sin unity point in another is actually not the, the identical thing. Like you- it's unity in self. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like your expression of y- yourself in any facet of the the more I can accept and embrace and witness you in any variation of your potential personality expression, the more I am capable of loving. Full stop. You know, mm. like there's more. If the more I can love the, the different points, so it's not actually my sense of oh that thing is in me in my personality it's 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 actually just that you exist and you're expressing yourself like that and i accept that yeah yes yeah and and i suppose that when you feel a a sense of love towards someone it's because you realize that they are at the deepest level also you because 
the whole principle is that there was only one singular thing or on what you know and and, yeah. uh, and there is only at the one point there's a point of unity in everything yeah and the word yeah we are just fragments from the the origin of one singular yeah yeah, yeah. um and and that's where the is un- that a quote that you got from someone that we are fragments of the one single origin no i just fucking oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, i like that <laughs> uh it was sort of based on what you were talking about fragments. there you go i like what i said yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, it's that unconditional thing and i think that unconditional thing is is huge the, the ability and you know it's it's just an over said term so i, I like I, I got to say it in another way to love without any conditions to love without any conditions yeah yeah when people say oh, i got unconditional love because it's it's such a buzz phrase almost mm. you know it's like you know gluten free mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you gotta yeah. rephrase it to get it fresh again yeah yeah so yeah to love without any conditions which means no, a you can love a person or a or any you know any other individual of any species just purely for them no matter how they behave mm-hmm. and this is really hard no matter what they do mm-hmm. um you, there there is because you are you have such a level of acceptance yeah yeah um and that you want for nothing from that person yeah um that's interesting so that's why i'm talking about the instri- the intrinsic is mm-hmm. is the power the extrinsic would be to need that person to want you in some way. And I've dealt with this in my life with um, friends and you know, men and women mm. and relationships that mm. that it's actually almost needing them to validate me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can relate to that. And I've gone through so, like, uh, in the, probably in the last year, the, the, the strongest version of that. And it is that... Uh, and, and it was really tough to, to, to learn that and, that and that individual taught me some harsh lessons about myself um whether they knew it or not mm. that deep desire to be validated and i still have it mm. because the do. because the ego is a constant mm. but when i feel like i am in flow state when all of that it's got nothing to do with any of the extrinsic yeah the internal and the intrinsic is just fueling me in the most beautiful way yeah it's fascinating the dance between getting yourself in a, in a pocket where you're given and creating a beautiful reality and and what you're receiving from the outer world and you know and it's it's kind of like the well I've, the journey or the spiritual journey is for me is this um how often how more often can i get myself in a state where I, I determine and my reality from a place that is loving, accepting, embracing, etc., of myself and therefore whatever's coming my way. And so my relationship to the environment and the challenges can can be that of love and acceptance. And um, and even if I get a parking ticket for parking in disabled for one, for one minute, <laughs> which happened the other day, I can I can allow myself to feel the emotion of anger and distaste and um and then breathe and then let it pass and it's kind of like and be responsible for your actions no nah, <laughs> definitely not <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no exactly yeah be responsible for my actions and yeah so it's just because that, because the opposing would be to blame yeah that fucking parking officer it was only just one minute yeah um what a dick yeah. he's obviously um got it in for me yeah um sort out your shit mate but at yeah, the end of the day a job that's actually doing something beneficial for the world yeah. and it is beneficial <laughs> for the world in a way but at the end of the day that there's been a a system created that that spot is for a disabled person you're not disabled like <laughs> like you have to sort of go you know take just put your hand up and take ownership sometimes which is really hard to do yeah. like our yeah. first reaction when something shit happens is not it's not to look inward yeah. it's to look out yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah that's true. There's no real justification for that. You could say it was 30, 30 seconds to one minute because I was in a rush, but and I could have moved if someone came. But anyway, it's, but also then, I, like I always go because I, I get myself in these situations too. The logical complexity of like justification. Well, yeah, but I go, hang on, why was I in a rush? Mm. What did I not plan out that day mm. that put me in a rush mm. that then made me park in the loading bay or yeah. in the yeah. disabled thing, and I got the ticket, like. Yeah, you got to take absolute responsibility. You're completely right. 
It's just sometimes, it's sometimes I feel like, come on, mate, $161 for one minute of like, can't we just have a bit of common sense and forgiveness and fluidity here? Clearly no one wanted that part for that period of time. Does that justify it? Yeah. I, and you can, you can make that, that choice. And I, I've been that guy too. And sometimes you can just go like, for it example, for example, if you walk in front of a tram and it hits you, like surely he could have seen you. Mm. Surely he could have slowed down. Um, yeah, he surely he's got eyes. But also, I put myself there. I walked in front of a tram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know, there's yeah. sort, sort of yeah, yeah. It's absolute taking total responsibility, which I suppose is like the only way we can learn and 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 choose and have empowerment. I guess in yeah. how we bring ourselves. But I was, I was saying all that to say, like the dance between being affected by someone and determining your sense of worthiness for example in a, in a close intimate relationship and also determining your own sense of worthiness like there's it's a it's such a dance isn't it and it's and it and it varies based on how you feel any given day yeah well that's the complexity of life there you go like that, <laughs> like it's fucking hell like it's really yeah that that all that is challenging and when you put it all like that when you said that my immediate thought is um, oh my god like this can do your head in this mm. this stuff mm. but then my secondary thought is but if we come place come back to that that central place of approach it from acceptance approach it from love and approach it without a result in mind that has to be positive mm. inverted commas then then your actions in any given spot can only be as good as they can it can be, mm. you know, the outcome is sometimes out of out of your control, mm, mm. Um, and yeah, I'm so I'm so guilty of wanting outcomes, mm. but I know that uh, if I when I separate myself from an outcome based situation, well, outcome based idea, yeah, um, I'm I'm just generally happier. Yes. It's it's kind of like preferences held loosely, like it's 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 so true, man. Like I, the one mantra I've been saying this since I've had a, that bad anxiety attack in end of November, is that I've arrived, I've arrived, I've arrived, I've arrived now. Like so, it's it's this mentality of like it's it's the opposite of the outcome is when I will arrive and find happiness. The outcome is actually now. The outcomes now. The outcomes now. Like this is all there is. And so anything projected is actually just a potentiality or a preference that I can hold loosely. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I can still work towards preferences, but it's the moment I have a rigid attachment to them, ugh, I'm in trouble. Like you say, you're not you're not happy. You're not um, you're not present. Yeah, you're not your fullest self in any given moment. Yeah, it, it really. It, yeah, and it's really hard. I've, I've been dealing with a similar thing in the last um, few days, waiting to hear back from this this show mm. and fuck I hope you get it yeah me too um, <laughs> but uh, it's you know I've had times where you know waking up in the middle of the night and think like I'm a really good sleeper but obviously mm. I'm really anxious about it mm. and but what I can come back to is what I did at that time in that audition room I felt really good about mm. and um, not because anything was said or anyone did anything to me. But you gave your best. But I, I worked my tuchus off and I, I was vulnerable and real and free as I've ever been in any audition room and delivered the best possible version of, of that particular, um, of that material that I could on that day. And that is, that is enough that's all I am capable of. The rest is out of my control. Mm. I mean, Brian Cranston. Do you know Brian Cranston? Mm. You were um, Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he does this great. Um, it, it go for seventy seconds. It's like a YouTube video about what actors need to do, and he talks about actors go in to an audition looking for an outcome, looking for a job. And, and But we do it in everything we do, a job interview, anything that is pressure and outcome-based, yeah. we go into it aiming for the outcome. 
mm. rather than aiming to do enough. Mm. And and that is, as an, the actor, the most, as he says, the most compelling version of the character that you've been given based on the script or song or whatever it is that you've been given. And that is all you can do. Mm. And then the ability to, to, to let it go is the hard part. Um, that makes so much sense. Like you're going to give such a better performance if you just do put instead of any fragment of or a fraction of energy going into an idea of what you want, all of it going into the idea of embodying the expression that you need to express. Yeah. Like performing it. But it's the same in a conversation with um, a difficult conversation with a partner. Mm. Where you go, I, I, my, I'm trying to get an outcome. I'm trying to get them to say this or to agree with me. Mm. Um, or in a job interview, it's probably not, not different. Like there's so many parts of our life that we're trying to get, we're trying to get something from someone or yes. an outcome based yes. on, you know. Yeah. Whereas um, the, to accept oneself is to actually to accept that if I come from this, from, from my, my truth, without it being gone through the, the, the filter of, of, all, of all my shit and all my baggage and all my complexity, but actually my truth. Mm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to manipulate that truth to mm. get something out mm. of someone. You're innocently being with me. Yeah, that's mm. it. Mm. And, and that's enough. And if someone can't accept you for that, mm. fuck them. Because at least mm. you know that, that you were 100% authentic. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you for the conversation. Thank you for your expressions. Oh, I honor you, I see you, and I am you. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste on the couch for all your podcasts. <laughs> good luck with the audition. Thanks, man. R- um, you don't say good luck with the audition. You say good luck with the audition response. Just... I hope you get the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>